Okay, we're starting our second vad of a summary of the learning points without having a separate vad in each one to explore it in detail. It's nearly the end of the Shiva year here, so if we don't grab the opportunity now, we'll have to wait till after the summer till next battle, which is a pity. Which is a pity, we can still learn Banner's money. We can still gain from our learning even before Banner's money. And therefore, I'm giving a summarized version of the points to learn Bakirs. In Vezashem, there will be another opportunity to elaborate on each one of them and uh, explain the reason why it works and the rationale behind it and the Makaris and the Gemara. So, so far, we are holding by, in the first five, we got to the stage where a person can serve a sugi outside. Now, the next point. This is not to replace the first five, it's to continue from where we left off in the first five. And I'm saying that as an introduction because what I'm going to tell you to do next is... Let's look at the sugi inside again. If I would say it in time, then just like we broke the divide into two, really, a person's learning should be like a rosa. You're learning a sugi right now, and they say that you're learning the sugi, so you should hopefully get through the first four steps. You're focusing on your learning, you're getting clear what it says, you can you're clear enough that I can go over it again outside and develop what and then develop all the points into a sugi. Do that all in one go. All in one go means in one learning session. Because if a person is going to do that, say the first two steps, he's going to know the Gemara inside, but he's never going to go to the third step of repeating it to himself outside. So then the next time he learns, he's going to have to repeat the first two steps again, because it's the original Kenyan. Now when a person knows the Sugi, now I'm now I'm clear enough now that I can turn outside, then that gives me a certain uh, basis which I can build on. If I'm never going to get to that stage and my knowledge is only inside learning, then the next time I want to progress, I'm going to have to go back to that stage in order to refresh my mind, in order to get used to the ability to construct the sugi outside. So therefore, the first time I learned the Gemara, ideally, however much time I have is how much I should take on to learn. But ideally, whatever I learned, I've gone through these four steps. I'm focusing on it. I've seen it inside. It's clear to me. I've been able to clear enough that I'll be able to repeat it all step by step outside. And I have a clarity of where the sugar has gone. Now, it's the second day or the second time I'm sitting down to learn. And now I want to revisit the previous sugar. And therefore, the first thing to do is, let's look at the Gemara inside again. You will notice. You will notice an amazing thing. And that is, you will notice tremendous amounts of small details, diukim, extra points, which the Gemara puts in which you didn't see the first time, and that's why in your initial uh, give it, uh, this outside rendition of what the Gemara has said, you leave out these points. And that's normal. That's normal, because the first time a person takes the information, they take in the main, the main points, and that's what they remember. And it's only afterwards we are now having, ha- having gone through it from my mind outside, and therefore having a certain, so to speak, uh, syst- uh, certain... Uh, let's say, template in place to compare the Gemara to, now suddenly start to see nuances, differences, added points, which aren't what the way I said it, and sometimes even the other way around. Sometimes, I, being as I understood a certain way, I explained the Gemara a certain way, and now seeing it a second time inside, I notice the Gemara doesn't really say that. So this is my chance to look at the Gemara a second time, to find fine-tune to perfect the flow of the Gemara. 
And the reason why it's important to do this after a person has gone to the work of memorizing, which means clarifying the sugya, is because it's only then that a person starts to notice these things. And like I said from experience, you can read a Gemara five times inside, and you read it and you translate it and you go with it. And you only start to pick up the nuances and what the Gemara is saying when I've thought of it, when I've tried to recreate the Gemara on my own, in my own mind, and then I look back inside to see what did the Gemara actually say, and I notice that it's not the same. But now it's something to compare it to. If my frame of reference is only the text of the Gemara inside, it would never occur to me to follow each word or each point and notice it really the way I would have understood it. Now this is a very important stage. It's important for the learning of accuracy. I want to know exactly what the Gemara said. It's also the starting point when you get to Ion, we'll talk about this more. The starting point of how to medaika Gemara. The way to medaika Gemara, which means to look into the details of the Gemara, isn't just to like take a magnifying glass and examine each word. A person doesn't necessarily know what he's looking for like that. It's more than when a person has an idea of what I think the Gemara says, and now I notice that the Gemara actually doesn't say it that way. The Gemara says it slightly differently. Besides, the Gemara adds extra few words of elaboration, which when I explain the Gemara left out those words. Why did the Gemara have to add them in? That gives me the starting points, so to speak, to be able to medite, to be able to be more precise about what the Gemara is trying to say, and understand more points which are maybe a bit more hidden beneath the surface, which I wouldn't have naturally seen. And therefore, to go back to the point you're saying, you're not learning Diokim, now we'll get there still. But the point you're saying is, is after having learned the circuit the first time, the next day you come back to it, look at the Gemara again inside, and measure it up to what you remember as being what the Gemara said. And now having seen the differences, having now followed the Gemara a second time inside, now go back outside again. And now try and say the Gemara step by step in the, the more updated, accurate version based on what I've just seen inside how the Gemara said it. Also, a person's more awake to this. When a person's got in his own mind a certain, like I said, a template of the Gemara already, so reading it inside, he's putting the Gemara into what he has in his mind. And if that's the case, he'll be more awake to differences, to changes, or if he's just reading the Gemara again without anything besides the Gemara itself. Okay, so that's our, our fifth level, and that is reread the Gemara, and notice how accurately you picked it up the first time. And if necessary, then the sixth level is going to be, and now that you've seen again the Gemara, now get to use now say that again. Say that again, step by step, based on the more, let's say, precise, precise reading of the Gemara that you've now been able to see. Okay, so that's our fifth and sixth steps. Now we come to something new. And let's give a Hakdama to this. And that is, one of the main difficulties in clarity of the sugi and remembering it, is the amount of points. The amount of points. There are lots of little details, there are lots of points in the sugi, there are lots of arguments, there are lots of proofs. And because there's so many of them, Vajra tends to forget. How did Chazal deal with this problem? So Chazal, the Gemara Kedush, the Pramadam Aleph says, that the Chomim were called Saiprim. Saifrim literally means counters. To be so fair is to count, and they were counters. They counted. Well, they were called counters. We said, Divrei Saifrim, the words of the Chachamim. Why are they called counters? The Yerushalmi in Shkodim, the Hamid Bez explains. It says, because they counted all the halachas of the Torah. And they put them together. 
When the Mishnah says they're 39 Melachas and Shabbos, it means someone has to say and count. The Torah doesn't say that. The Torah gives a get of what's called a Melacha. So somebody has to sit and count and analyze how many are there and put them all together. When the Mishnah says at the beginning of Yavamas, there are 15 ladies who pointed their Torah that she doesn't have to marry the Yavam. Again, the Torah doesn't say that. The Torah gives the rules. Someone has to sit down and work out all the cases. And when the Brayse says at the beginning of Avakam the 24 Avas Nizikim, or any other time that the Gemara gives lists, lists, it means somebody has to sit down and work out the list. You have to go through all the information and see which of the cases which are applicable and put them together in the rule. And this is tremendously helpful. Because if you're working with a number, I know, where I'm not, I know I'm not missing anything. If I know that there are four Shamrim, and I can count all four. If I know that there are 39 Malachs of Shabbos, and I can count all 39, and break them into smaller groups, the 11 of the Siddur of the Pass, and the 13 of the Siddur of Wool, and the 6 of the Siddur of Leather, then it's all much clearer to me what I'm meant to be looking for. Whereas if I just have a random amount of there are lots of Malachs of Shabbos, so how am I meant to make sure I don't forget any of them? Lots could be lots. And I know a lot, but maybe there are a lot more that I forgot. And therefore, the mail of bringing things to be safer them, to count them, is to make it something which is quantifiable, and something which therefore I can make sure I'm not forgetting anything. If I get to the same numbers as I'm meant to be, so then I know that I have everything clear. So therefore, when the Rama, for example, in Hilfus Travis, talks about 70 kinds of Travis, and you start thinking, can I get to 70? And if I didn't have the number, I just had, this, this is the list of Travis, without any way of knowing, of, of putting them into certain groups, so then I wouldn't, it would be very hard for me to make sure I didn't forget anything. Well, I know that there's 70, and I know they break up into groups of the eight different kinds of Travis, and how many are in each group, and it's much easier for me to quantify things, and that way remember things. And therefore, let's use the same principle. We can also be safer. And that is, it doesn't just apply to Mishnayis, it applies to anything in the Gemara. If the Gemara brings a discussion and the Gemara brings four opinions of the Tanaim, or four opinions of the Maraim, so I know this Sagya is a four opinion Sagya. So I'm going to try and remember the Sagya, I'm going to remember there have to be four opinions here. And when the Gemara is in the Shakta Vataria, is giving rise for and against and for and against, count them. Count them. How many braces did the Gemara bring to prove the one side? How many braces did the Gemara bring to prove the other side? Now I'm going over the Sugi again. So am I remembering anything or not? Do I get to the number that I've written for myself that this is the amount of proofs that are on the Sugi? And if the Gemara has lots of questions, or the Gemara has lots of Ibois aims, which means alternative explanations, so then how many are there? Are there three, are there four, are there five? And if I know the number I'm looking for, if I know the number I'm looking for, then it's much easier for me to make sure that I've remembered everything. And if I'm just knowing that there were a number of options in the Gemara, but I don't have a clear memory of how many that number is. The Gemara takes us a step up also. Besides for counting, the Gemara also uses mnemonics, which means very often the Gemara you'll see in brackets a lot of letters with uh, two hyphens, which means it's giving you a way to remember the sugis coming up, or the proofs coming up, or the, the statements coming up. It gives you a sequence of words, one for each of or some of those letters, one for each of the following opinions, cases, halachas, whatever it's going to be, and that's the easy way to remember them. And that's the same Yusabic work for us as well. So as well. The, when the Gemara had to be transmitted from one generation to the next, completely by pair, because it wasn't written yet, so of course I needed to rely on tricks like this to help them remember. Today people use it less because people assume the Gemara is there, I can always look it up inside again. Which is true. But if you're trying to memorize the Sugis, and trying to know all the points, 
So then we should use points like that as well to help us. To help us. Whether it's like the amount of points there are, the amount of opinions there are, the amount of drushes on the Pasuk, the amount of Hechitimtas of the Gemara, or we have some kind of way of remembering what the what the are. So we have, let's say, a three words phrase which is going to remind us of the three of different cases the Gemara is going to bring. Or whatever it's going to be. And the Gemara says on that the Pasuk which says a person has to remember Torah. So the Hashem tells Moshe Simovafi and put it in their mouth. And that the Gemara says, The Torah is only acquired, which means remembered, the Simonim, with signs. A person has to make himself the signs, a person has to make himself the mnemonics, like we said, or even the numbers, that is going to help him remember all the points in the Sugi. We're just learning, talking about Gemara now, but this is going to work across the board. When you get to learn, there are a number of different answers of the Rishonim to a certain question. So just say yes, a number of answers. And I try to remember exactly how many were there, which Rishon said it, and who said what. It's more difficult. If I remember that there are three answers, and I can say there are three answers. There's Tosus, Rosh, Rashba, whatever it's going to be. Or the six answers. There's the Rasha, the Neishah, the Karanera, the Archanera, whoever it's going to be. So just the fact that I know how many there are and whose answers there are, is normally enough for me to remember what the answers are. And so only if I don't have clear what am I looking for, then I don't think that I'm going to forget points and not remember it. And therefore the way to be kind of Tarabusimonim is a very easy tool, helpful tool to help for us to use in order to make sure that we aren't leaving out points in the Sugya. And if that's the case, we will even use it for how many points are in the Sugya. For example, sometimes the Gemara goes number of steps, so we're going to think for ourselves, how many steps are there? And then we have a way to make sure that we're reminding ourselves we haven't forgotten anything. That's our seventh rule. Again, we're talking about the second time we're learning this again. Number one, we need to get inside to make sure we have it accurate. Number two, now that we've, we've checked ourselves, we're going to fine-tune our repetition until we repeat it again outside. And then we're going to find the numbers, mnemonics, whatever it's going to be, a key to help us Remember how many points, opinions, arguments, whatever it's going to be, there are in the Gemara, and that way we have a key for helping us remember. Now, that's what I want to say in the, next, the next point. And that is what I call the mistake people make with Chazara. The mistake people make with Chazara is that you're not going to be able to remember every single tiny detail about every single circuit. It's way too many points for a person to be able to remember. Maybe somebody had an absolutely this photographic memory. Maybe somebody has revised the sugya hundreds of times. When I'm in the sugya, I can hope to remember all the points. But when I'm learning, thinking about a Gemara I learned years ago, or a sugya I learned a long time ago, it's going to be very hard to remember every single detail. And therefore, I have to clarify into different blocks, if you want to call it that, different columns, what's the primary point I want to remember, secondary points, and then the third point. Because I definitely don't want to forget the main points. And I would like to remember the second point also. And the third point, I'm not trying to forget it, but the chance of my remembering it accurately, again, unless I've done many, 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 many Chazaras, is unlikely. Now, perhaps we will get to the many, many Chazaras, but at least now, when I'm starting off my learning, therefore I should define the Sugya like this. The main point of the Sugya, and the main thrust of the Sugya. That's my first point, which I want to remember. There is a Sugya about Kedushan Shalim Surabiyah. I know where it is. It's definitely not a person's condition. That's the main point of the sugya. There is a sugya about mafagdi b'chatim chatzim matir in menachos. There is a sugya about eidzamin l'mafreya in psachim. There is a sugya about whatever other sugya is going to be. And I know another main point of the sugya. This is the concept the Gemara is discussing. 
Hopefully, I know the main point, the, the, not just the main point of this, but what the Gemara's Moskana was. So either the Gemara is the Machlokes, and I know that there's two opinions, or the Gemara resolved it and came to a certain Moskana, that I know. It's helpful to know where it is also, so if I need to look it up, I can find it, but that's not Ma'akiv at this stage. The main point is I know what the Gemara said. That's the point, the first point. That's the main point of the Gemara, I don't want to forget that. The second point is the main discussion of the Gemara, which means in the Sugya, how many, were there, how many opinions were there, and what does each opinion say, what was, what was the Machlokes about. And hopefully if there's a main like a proof or disproof, whatever it is, so I remember that also. Or or the case in the Gemara where the question arose from, that's all secondary. That's all secondary. That's the the, the, the embellishment of the main point. So for example, just to give another example, there's Machlokes in the Gemara in Yuma, whether the coin Gadol and the coin Hedjit wore the same belt, the same Avnet or not. Now, that would be my first point. So I know there's such a Gemara, I know where the Gemara is, and that's uh, if, if I have to think about what was the Avnet of the coin Hedjit, was it plain white wool, or was it a mixture of Tchedis and Argomen as well? That's a Gemara, in the Gemara. That's the first point, the Gemara is in Yuma, the The best. Comes twice in Sugya, fine. Now, the second point, and that is another two opinions. It was a Machlagis between the Gemara brings the Machlagis between Rebbe and Rebbe Lazar Rabbi Shimon. The Gemara brings the Machlagis between two braces about this. The Gemara brings the Nafkamina of Rav Daisi, the coin Hedjit, where the clothing the coin Gadol wore Yom Kippur or not. Is the problem of Kilayim by the belt of the coin Hedjit? Okay, so now I know the small, that, that's what I call the secondary point. Who said what? What the Nafkaminas were? Where the Gemara were arrived from? Good. And I would like to try and remember that too. And then the third box is going to be all the small details in the Gemara. So where the, the Gemara is Shakti Vitari, like we said, where the Gemara started with, and what the Gemara wants to stand with the Tanoi, and the Gemara said it is like the Tanoi or not like the Tanoi, and the Gemara is right from, and the, all the small points, step by step, of learning the details of the Sugya. Again, I'm not trying to forget that. I would like to remember that also, but if I break up, I'm trying to remember into three stages one, two, three, then it's much easier for me to do Khazar. Even when I do Khazar. We're doing Khazar on the Sugya of the Belt of the And the two opinions, whether it was of this or made out of that. That's my first point. Heading. Underlined, whatever you want to call it. Now, next point, subheading. Within the Sugya, there's a Machlaikis. There's a Machlaikis in two points. Number one, what was the Kohen Gadol's belt made out of? Number two, what did he, could he use a Kohen Gadol's Begadim? Could he not use a Kohen Gadol's Begadim? There's one brace, the Machlaikis of Rebbe and Rebbe Lazar Rishim, and the Machlaikis between Chacham and Rebbe is that a raya or not? Now that's already the third point, and that is the details. What the Gemara brings rise, the stake of the rise, what the Gemara has, have a minute, what we want to prove in the Gemara's Moskana is. Those are all the smaller points. But if I'm going to go over this again, I'm going to revise it and based on those three levels. And that way I have clear in my head at least the main point, and then I have the smaller points. That's our seventh rule. And I have to finish this with the last point. To finish with the last point, and that is, like we said before, that the clarity of the circuit is, so therefore what comes out of it? Therefore what comes out of it? And this is very, also, khashar for this this last clarity. And that is, so do we come out with a clear answer to the Gemara? Do we come out with an argument in the Gemara? Or do we come out with a non-resolved point in the Gemara? You know, all three options are, option, are available, and it's going to be very nagar, because we want to, so what does the Gemara actually say? At the end of the day, bottom line, what comes out of the Sergei? Let's put it into three options also. The Gemara is a definite answer, or the Gemara is a Mechlekes, 
and then we have to go to the next stage and work out the rules of resolution of Machlokes, what we're going to pass in like, or the Gemara is unclear. Either the Gemara decides it's unclear, it says Teiku, or the Gemara says it's difficult, or the Gemara just leaves it. And in which case the Gemara didn't come up with a clear answer. When we finish that stage, which means we've got, we know the Gemara inside well, outside well, we know the steps of the Gemara, we can, we've built it in such a way that we can re- memorize and repeat outside exactly what the Gemara did and didn't say, and where the Gemara got to, and what the last and what the what the Gemara's conclusion is, then I would say we have a good handle on the Bakias, on the Torah knowledge of the Sugya. This is all just the Gemara. And that's already a major achievement. But you have to talk about next and have to learn Rashi. Rashi's coming as a part of the Gemara. It has rules, and we'll discuss Be'ez Hashem in the third verse.